this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at protonmail.com. That's theconfessionals at protonmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you want some more shows every week, if you love the show and you want more of it, every Thursday we release a bonus episode to members only on the website. So if you want more shows every week, then go to theconfessionalspodcast.com and sign up to become a member today. Now, we got a great show planned for you today. We have Larry Johnson, former running back from the Kansas City Chiefs, coming on the show to talk about a lot of stuff. See, I came across his Twitter page, and he actually had a lot of stuff on there about things that we kind of talk about on the show. And so I reached out to him, asked him to come on the show, and he obliged by saying yes. So here we go. We're going to bring on Larry right now. So Larry, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Ah, man, I'm glad you're here. So uh, just so the audience knows, it's it's a hit and miss when you're reaching out to people and stuff. I mean, I don't do a whole lot of it anymore just because I have so many people coming to me for interviews. Uh, but every once in a while, I cross paths with somebody that I'm like, I would like to have that person on the show just to pick their brain a little bit. And you're one of them. I just kind of fell across your Twitter. I, I had no idea uh, the things that you talk about and stuff. And it turns out that a lot of things you talk about really jive well with what I talk about on the show and what people in my audience kind of look at. And, uh, I reached out to you on Twitter and I'd say within the hour you reached back and you're like, yeah, you, <laughs> I quote, you said, I got nothing else going on these days. Let's do it. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> I was, I was really glad that you, you know, decided to come on, man. And, uh, just to kind of start things off and stuff, if you could just kind of, we're not going to focus on your 
your career today. Uh, if people want to look you up, they can. But, you know, I, I know you're originally from the Maryland area. I'm actually right outside of Philadelphia. I'm pretty familiar with the area you're from. And, uh, you know, just kind of run through a little bit of how you made your way through the NFL, man, because I know we're going to probably wind up talking about some things a little bit later. Uh, I, you know, I got drafted first round, 27th pick, and I went to the Kansas City Chiefs. I had a, a really good career. It was slow when it started out. Uh, I had a lot of multiple arrests, you know, didn't know really how to handle not playing in earlier in my career and it spilled over into my relationship with women. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of bounced back from that, you know, made it to the a Pro Bowl twice. Then after my career, after seven years, my career, you, when, the older you get, you know, it's harder to stay in that running back position because the NFL offenses change literally every year. And so I ended up uh, playing my last bit of games and the, for the Bengals, then with the Redskins, then I kind of like ended my career 2000, like 11 or 12, 2000, yeah, around that time with the, the Miami Dolphins. And at that same year, my daughter was born. So I, my priorities kind of switched from, you know, trying to get into football again. And it just came from me being trying to be a good father. And that's kind of how my career went. But I, I enjoyed it. Like I had, you know, I broke records. Uh, that are still <laughs> records today. So I, I always loved the fact that I didn't have to play longer to make an impact. I did it with a short amount of time. So I'm kind of thankful for it, for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you being on the Redskins, I'm an Eagles fan, so I, I do remember you being on the on the Redskins. Uh, <laughs> but to be honest with you, looking at the NFC East, really, as a Philadelphia fan, we don't really care a whole lot about any team except for the Cowboys. And so, like, and right now, the the Eagles just are they they suck. This the sort of the Cowboys. It's like the Cowboys are trying to give the conference to the Eagles, <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's just not working out though. But anyways, um, yeah, man, I, I wanted you to run through that stuff real quick, and also the fact that you did go to. Penn State. Um, and, you know, I actually, you know, I wasn't planning on going this direction right away, right away, at least, but we'll do it. Um, speaking of Penn State, did you ever have, we're just gonna, we're gonna just rip the bandaid off here. Did you ever have uh, run-ins with Sandusky? And I know you're probably familiar with that whole thing with what went on there. Um, and I think that that definitely happened, like the exposure of it happened after you graduated and left Penn State. But did you ever have an inkling? Was there ever any rumors going around Penn State that Sandusky was who he was? Uh, no, like uh, he ran the Second Mile Charity Foundation, which is funny because it was a home where children could go of all ages to get the life in the track. And actually my prom date, she was from originally from Ohio. She went to the second mob because I guess she came from a, a bad background and she needed a better opportunity. So she went to Jerry Sandusky's second mile, which was like a, a house that they had. And they lived at the house, went to school. The girl went to school with me. We, you know, became really good friends. Uh, it was two girls actually became really good friends and we went to prom together. And then when I went to Penn state, um, in 98, you know, you didn't think of it. I'm trying to get on the football field and trying to find out if I was redshirting or not. And then we would go, we would go from the locker room into study hall, and we would just see him with the same kid that I guess he got busted. But we would just see him, you know, work, working out in the weight room while the kid would just touch and waste. Like that kid loved to be just around us and around the football. Like you know, he came from a bad background too, but we didn't think anything of it. Like. We thought everything was only up enough. Like we always saw him with the kids, and you saw him always joking around, being a goofball. That's just how he was, and then we just didn't put anything together because, like I said, we were we were kids ourselves, we were teenagers ourselves, and we were just going from, you know, football practice, study hall, and and back to practice, and that was our routine. 
but we really didn't see much as other than what he shown to us when he was uh, in the weight room with the kids. Yeah, and I know coming from a sports background, like you're just generally like you go into a system, coaches that are in that system pretty much gain your trust right away. I mean, it's because it's it's the coach, especially at college level, they brought they're responsible for bringing you in, and you're not really looking at people sideways, thinking what what are they doing, what's the agenda here, until they actually really do give you a reason. And so if he was good at hiding this stuff, then and clearly he was then I could see how people who were around him every day could not have any clue as to what was going on. And, you know, I think it's interesting, though, this, this is a the Sandusky situation can be like a mirroring situation when it comes to what's going on this year with Epstein. And, and if we don't learn from history, we're going to repeat it. I think the Sandusky thing was swept under the carpet very quickly. It was a hot it was a hot topic for a minute and then it was just done. And I, mm. I fear that this Jeffrey Epstein thing is following the same pattern. And I think that Sandusky might have been running like a, a similar type of organization when it comes to this stuff. Because from what I understand, Sandusky was involved with a lot of children over the years, not just one. There's a lot of accusers that came forward. And mm. the same thing with Jeffrey Epstein. And it's, it doesn't bode well. I mean, that was a state school. Epstein probably uh, intelligence, um, it probably was uh, part of intelligence in some way, at least getting his funding that way. And uh, I mean, let me ask you, what do you think about the Epstein situation? I think it's, I think it's so much is being buried. And I think the witnesses are not really being foretelling as far as who else is involved. They keep mentioning these girls, bless their heart for coming out and speaking. But if you're not willing to go the whole route with it, then don't come out and say anything. I feel like they know who else was there. They've been on this island with millions of, not, not millions, say millions, but they, they must have been with hundreds of politicians, a hundred um, movie star actors. You have to know somebody else other than Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein. It goes further and deeper. And I think the reason why they can't do it is because those politicians are still in power. Those politicians are still working and they're still getting benefits of not getting their name called out. And I think that is, what the problem of this whole scenario is. And they just keep leaking tiny, itty bitty pieces of information to the point where the public are not going to be cared about it no more. And I think that's why they do it. If you do it this way enough to where people only care and match up a little bit, like, you know, Hansel and Gretel get the breadcrumbs, people are going to be, oh, whatever. Okay, we did it with this politician or that politician. We don't care anymore. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And especially now that he's, you know, whether whether you believe he's dead or not, I don't think anybody believes that he committed suicide. But the fact that he's supposedly out of the picture now with his life, uh, I think it's making it easier for them to sweep things under the carpet. And uh, it's a it's a shame. And I agree with you that these women who are accusers and stuff, uh, I'm, I'm sure they know more names than what have, has at least come out to the public. And uh, I, I do wonder do you think that they're afraid? Do you think that they, they've seen these people, they know what kind of power they have, they know they still have power. Do you think that they're maybe afraid to talk about it because maybe they're afraid of, they, maybe they know the connections that there there are and they might be afraid for their life? I would be too. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously you see the, the body bags that some of these politicians can rack up just for po- other politicians not even agreeing with them. And you kind of see, you know, tampering of, you know, juries and judges. And like, we all see this as something that would be a, you know, a suspense movie uh, thriller, but it, it's real life. And these women have to deal with 
you know, what do they say? What can they say? And they can only say but so much. Otherwise, it's their life, livelihood, it's, it's, you know, their family's livelihood. And it kind of have that trickle-down effect of how many people can come out and who can say what. But it's, it's, a, it's a sad scenario because everybody wants to know the truth. Well, you're not going to get all of it. You're only going to get half right. of it. Yeah, you're not going to get all the truth. And that's something I've been saying to a lot of people is that if you're expecting, you know, the name Bill Clinton to drop tomorrow as somebody who was, you know, there doing these things, it's definite. No, they're not going to say that. They're not going to do that. I don't think you're ever going to get that. Uh, And so, like you said, it's like a trickle effect. And over time, it gets weak. I mean, it's just like a slow trickle effect. And over time, most people are moving on. They already did move on. I mean, and I've been saying it and a lot of people have been saying it uh the the the, impe- the impeachment stuff i mean whether that's legit or not is irrelevant to the fact that that came out right around the same time that this that epstein killed himself and all of a sudden it's kind of pushed to the background because the impeachment is taking the front page and then you have abc mm-hmm. hiding the fact that they knew about this for three years and didn't explode expose the story and it's funny how the impeachment stuff can get, just kind of take over the headlines and you don't got to worry about thinking about the ABC stuff and the Epstein stuff. It's just, you know, irrelevant at this point. Uh, very. I mean, they, you could tell what they're trying to hide by how long they stretch out things. Like this impeachment thing, they just make up these, they, they use the guys who are not really primarily in the thick of things in this impeachment hearing, and they just use the secretary, like low-level people, and they drag that meeting out. Then it comes to another second low-level person, and they drag that, that media circus out. And then you put in you know, Joe Biden, his weirdness and that, and they drag that out. So it's, it's almost like it's court. It's like a coordinated chaotic, chaotic uh, system that they're working just so they can hide what they really want to hide. And it's, it's crazy because this all starts with the Trump and Biden stuff. Right. And it's like, who is Biden? There's a lot of suspicion that he is involved with children in an inappropriate manner, you know? And, and it's just like, <laughs> Somebody did a, like a mashup YouTube video of all the times he's been touching senators' kids. And he's done it in such a creepy way, whispering in their ear, kissing them on their cheek. And you can tell these children and these teenage girls are feeling uncomfortable. He grabs them by their waist. And it's always him taking the pictures with other senators with the children directly in front of him. And he's caressing their faces. I mean, you, I mean, honestly, this guy has kids. They're all grown up. Maybe he has grandchildren. But the things he says... And what he does is it, it, it just you can't help but notice the creepiness in him. Yeah. And I even saw a video just this morning of a very similar situation that you're talking about. And he there's a little girl and he got he was standing kind of away and he looks over, sees this little girl. You see her, him make eye contact with her and he makes a, a beeline towards her and he reaches his hand out to, to, I guess, I don't know, caress her cheek or something. And the adult, I would, I'll just say it's some kind of senator or something like that standing next to her smacks his hand away. Like literally smacked his mm-hmm. hand away. Like, don't touch her. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's one thing where it's like people like us that are outside the circle. We're just seeing things from a distance and saying, Hey, that looks kind of uh, shady, but it's another thing to see on video. Some, one of his colleagues smacking his hand away. Like I would never do that to the vice president of the United States. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? like if there's nothing to fear, then let the vice president, you know, show the child that, you know, he cares about all the little children like Jesus. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just I, I, I just think it's interesting how we're 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 
throwing this in, this impeachment stuff up. And like I said, whether you you agree with it or not, I, I don't care. It, it, the, the fact is, we had this whole facade of an impeachment, and behind the the the, the, the scenes is this Epstein thing looming that we're, they're just kind of covering up. But the very thing that started this whole impeachment thing was with the guy who's been repeatedly accused of possibly abusing children. And I'm just like, <laughs> but it just shows you like the depth of this, like, like the, the pedophile uh, industry, well, let's just call it an industry. Cause that's what it is. The, the pedophile mm-hmm. industry is so rampant amongst the elite that uh, it, like you said earlier about it, it seeming like it, it, it being a movie. That's what it, that like, but this is real life. And so 10 years ago we were like, we're conspiracy theorists and we're just crazy people that, you know, have no basis for our, our thoughts to now it's right in front of your face. And now we have Congress saying that, you know, the, the Republicans are saying that the liberals are conspiracy theorists. Liberals are saying the Republicans are conspiracy theorists. And I tell my audience, Hey, it's okay to be a conspiracy theorist today because <laughs> the people in Washington are. Exactly. And it's, and it's even more, alarming when you you have these little laws that they're trying to get passed out they're trying to lower the age of a consent if that's not the prime example of pedophilia coming back in a major way i don't know what is i mean we already had one guy politician that keeps texting his organs to another uh, to an underage girl and then he just comes out like oh okay i get three months you know probation or whatever and just move on it's just like these little stories that are adding up that they have some type of weird attraction to children. Everything is surrounded by children. They don't make any other involvement in any other topics in politics, but they'll leave out sex trafficking with children. They'll leave out abusing of the abuse of children. And you always see that in every type of political debate. They'll never touch that subject, which means they even more infatuated more than even not wanting to talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, this abuse of children and stuff is something that kind of, it, it, it's so... It's so real, it's so rampant, and it's it's also so very much satanic. So I, years ago, when I first started my show three years ago, I was very much a public... This is before I was actually a public figure where people knew who I was. I would just post on my Facebook page and stuff. And every time I found something that was shady when it came to pedophilia, especially amongst the elite, I would post it on my page and just to kind of create awareness. And I would I found some YouTube channels that were promoting uh, pedophilia. And I posted on my page. And as I started growing with my show and I was, I, I was still doing these things... I had people commenting to me saying that it's not wrong to be a pedophile only if you act on it. They're saying if you're attracted to children, it's a mental condition. It's not a, it's not a, a truly a problem until you act on it. And I'm like, no, I think you lusting after children and like like these videos were saying, like these videos were saying like they're they're pushing for like you were saying the, the lowering of the age of consent. Like there's there's something innate, innately wrong with that. And uh, I was posting these things and stuff, and I couldn't believe some of the, the comments that I was getting on my Facebook page to the point that I actually just stopped posting it because I don't have time to deal with the nonsense, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. but what do you think about that as far as like, do you think that pedophilia has a direct link to to you know Satanism? And, and I understand that before we get into that, I understand you know people in my audience 
there are different types of Satanists. You know, I don't know all the types of Satanists. What I'm talking about are people who literally look to sacrifice children and exploit them mm-hmm. sexually because of their religious beliefs with Satanism. Not the Satanism where, like, oh, we're just atheists and so we call ourselves Satanists. I'm talking about the real deal. Yeah, I think there's two different kinds. And I always think there's Luciferians and there's Satanists. Satanists, if they follow the true, which I know they do, they follow the true words and spells of Aleister Crawley. He believed in having sex with children. He believed in drugging children and having sex with children. Uh, to serve Satan in this realm is only is two ways that you actually do it, and it's through blood sacrifice, which is what they do used to do with children. Which is why you hear in Hillary Clinton's emails about Moloch. They use these old Babylonian gods. This is all that's coming back. The old Babylonian gods like Moloch and old Canaanite deities like Ishtar and Ceramus, all of those old school gods had to do with child sacrificing. And they would use those child sacrifices through sexual perversion. So if we're having a whole sex orgy, so the women who obviously didn't have abortion clinics at that time, so basically if you've got these women pregnant through your orgies, they would offer up these children to Moloch, which is they would put them in a burning furnace and throw the babies away and then have another rich orgy ritual. So this is, if you look at this world today, what's being played up? Abortion is getting played up and sexual perversion is getting played up. And it's not just stopping at homosexuality as the, as the end all of sexual perversion. No, it goes deeper into children and it goes deeper than that. And it goes into bestiality. That is the, that is the two things that worse that, that owes the worship to Satan and Satanists is through child sacrificing and sexual perversion. They go hand in hand. So that you cannot worship Satan without that. The, the killing of innocent children in their pure blood is what demons get off on, is what the devil get, gets off on. And is that through sexual perversion is why we have the society we have now where all of our stars, our Hollywood starlets, are into the abortion rally. It's why you get all these stars like the Beyonce's of the world and all these others like the Taylor Swift into sexual perversion and always being the mother goddess. You know, they always have to have the goddess worship in these in these religions. And that's what you're seeing more and more every day. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned about, you know, Moloch and stuff. And and, and I've actually just said this on my last um, episode with Zach Voorhees that I did. And it's Leviticus 18.21. It literally says in there, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Moloch, for you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's saying it in there, not because it's an idea that it could happen, that some fake, quote-unquote, fake God that people might sacrifice. It's because it was happening, it was real, and that's what I try to tell people when it comes to, like, the Bible and stuff, because obviously, you know, I'm a Christian, I believe what it says. So when God is telling you to not practice necromancy, not uh, practice sorcery, not do these things, it's not because it's impossible. It's very possible. It's that it's not good for us and he doesn't want us to do it. And so it, 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 it's along the same lines. And why would Hillary Clinton say such things in an email, even if you're joking around? Like, 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 I, like I would never even think to bring in the idea of sacrificing something to a god called Moloch joking around in an email to a colleague, unless it's something that was mm-hmm. at the forefront on my mind. I mean, let's, 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 let's look at these colleagues. Now you got the, the, the Podesta brothers. I call them the Podestaphiles. But you look yes. at the Podesta brothers. 
both of them get caught up in a, a situation where a girl goes missing in a house that they were staying at for vacation. The girl, the family made a reference to both of them, what they look like, and that went got under the uh, thrown under the rug. You go to the pedestophile's house. He literally has a bunch of pedophile type of artwork where kids were tied, the hands tied behind their back. He also has, when Jeffrey Dahmer killed one guy, and I guess he bent him back in some contorted position with his head missing, for some reason, one of the Podestafar brothers thought that that picture was, was, was a great inspiration for him to make a model, a model cast out of that body, and it's hanging. If you ever look up Podestafar's house, he has all that type of sick artwork in his house. And these are the people we rely on to pass laws, to lobby for us, to think that they care about our well-being. And this is what we see of uh, this whole pedophilia thing coming back. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And what you just said there, they don't care about our well-being. And, and, and it's it's these people doing these things that are running the show. And what you were saying, that picture that you referenced about the kids being tied behind the back, there's another detail mm-hmm. of that picture that people kind of gloss over. And I'm sure you've noticed it because I know, I know you, you, you look at this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. all those children had red butts, like they were just got done being mm-hmm. abused. And- And Mm -hmm. that model that you were talking about, we're not talking about a a model that sits on your desk. This is something that's human size, lifelike. It was, it's huge. It was a, it was a Mm -hmm. center focal piece of his artwork. These are sick people that are, (laughs) that are running the show. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing to me too. I mean, I guess I should say it was amazing to me, but uh, as time's going on and stuff, and I look into this stuff more and more, uh, it it doesn't catch me off guard anymore. And like, like I said earlier and stuff, I stopped posting everything on Facebook. Like I do, I know a lot of stuff and I typically keep my mouth shut. I have a feeling you're going to unhinge me this, this show. So we'll see as as things go on because I can feel myself already getting riled up. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Swift earlier. Could you kind of go into what you, what you're seeing with that whole thing? Because, uh, it's kind of new to me. I, I really haven't looked into her career at all. Uh, she's a puppet, you know, first she came like, this is the, this is how they do. See, when you, when you get the Freemasons and they're involved with this esoteric, you got to have good with the bad. They believe that. They believe your 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 good should outweigh your evil. So if you do evil, you have to counter it with with good. So if you look at Taylor Swift's career, how she started out, she became the starlet of country singing, folk singing, and she played with the guitar. When you use the esoteric bound to that, now you've seen the good girls. Now when you see her come out when she had that uh that weird song uh, where people thought she was beefing with Selena Gomez and Kim Kardashian, where she just had snakes. She went from being the goody good to just having snakes and being in a ritual. The ritual is her being in a, a bloodbath or a bath. That is their ritual into Freemasonry is to do it in front of you. All every music video she's done is a, a basically a ritual. Now she's become the you know the poster child for trans the transgender the the whole transgender thing where she has all those guys and even the guy who mocks. Jesus Christ, I forgot his name, but he's the one that say he has, you know, HIV and he was molested, but he, you know, he makes a video about mocking Jesus Christ as being Jesus. So she put him in the music video and she's become just that. She's just become a puppet. Like, that's how she gets people to be on her side when it comes to trans rights or anything that really promotes, you know, turning, you know, turning against the Bible. She, that's what she does. And she's done it by being the whole esoteric balance of the good with the evil. And that's what she's been showing everybody. Now, you know, you don't know what she's going to come out and sing about now because it all depends on 
what they're trying to push across your face politically. You know, what you just described there and stuff is something we do. We see it over and over again. Um, I, and I can't believe I'm drawing blanks on these people's names. I, I'm actually known for my musical taste. and I can't even think of the names. Um, uh, K- Katy Perry. So Katy Perry is a good example of this, too, where she was a Christian gospel singer. Her parents were evangelists. And I, like, I literally remember when I was a child going into a Christian bookstore in Allentown, Pennsylvania called Hackman's, and I would see her music on the shelf. And to the point now where where she's at now and stuff, now I'm not saying that you know people don't deserve success, but how you go about getting that success, it, it needs to be focused on. And the way she did it, the, the imagery and the things that she puts in her videos are telling another story. It's not just a cute video that she put together off of a cute pop song and she wants everybody to enjoy it. There's subliminal messaging going on in several of her videos. And the most the most prominent one that I can think of is Bon Appetit. By, uh, uh, I think it just came out a couple of years ago. But the whole video <clears throat> is her being a, a physical sacrifice to be feasted upon by cannibals. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very resemblant of spirit cooking. And uh, I can't think of the woman's name that, that's really known for spirit cooking. You, do you know who I'm talking about? The, the lady who... Marina Abramovich. Yes. Marina Abramovich. Unless I'm looking at it, I can't pronounce it. But she made this spirit cooking very popular in Hollywood. And uh, if do you know much about that at all? Yep. I know exactly about it. Lady Gaga was there. Will Ferrell attended to that too. Yeah. And so uh, these people are getting involved in spirit cooking and spirit cooking is essentially now Marina says that when she does it in public, it's not real. So she'll make a cake that looks like a human being and then she covers it in like a syrup that looks like blood and they all uh, huddle around it and they take pieces out of it and they eat it. It's a symbolic uh, symbolism of cannibalism. But she says that when it's in public, it's fake meaning in private, it may not be fake. And these are people that are hanging out with her that our children look up to. And I, I, I'll say, I'll ask you a question that probably shouldn't be asked, but do you think that's okay? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, no, I don't think it's okay. <laughs> I, think, I, I, that's, I think that's, it's like, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to merge the sickness of Satanism and make it art. So you're looking at a cultic art where you're merging the two, where you just pass it off as art. And it doesn't matter at that point. We're going to look at it as performance art. We're going to one day we're going to wake up and go into a museum of some art museum, and we're going to watch a live video or a live cannibalistic event, and they're going to pawn it off as art. People will laugh at that now. I don't believe it, but I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Where we're going to, to converge as the sick the society is going to become because everybody's going to be numb to everything. We're already numb to it. We're we're numb to having porn like. Porn's on Twitter, basically 24-7. Like, children can watch porn from Twitter. That's how far we're, low we've gone as a society. Now it's been going into snuff films and all this. That's the next step of all this. It's going to be called art. And it's going to be called art, sacrificing these things to devils. And that is what this society is going to become to when everything goes haywire, it won't be nothing for a neighbor to go walk across the house to the neighbor and literally kill him for no apparent reason. It's basically what the purge is. All those movies from The Purge yeah. is a reason why they put these movies in front of us, because that is what subconsciously people are going to gravitate to once they won't get the certain things they need, to, the necessities they need to survive and live. And you already got this Satanism going on. It's already going to happen. There's going to be open Satanist, Satanist rituals 
right in front of our faces and, and we're going to be looking at it like it's art. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the cannibalism aspect of things. You Just down in your neck of the woods, what, maybe 10 years ago, there was that guy who made national news. Like he tackled somebody and just ate their face off their skull. Like, th- and they said that he was on bath salts, but apparently later on, it came out that he wasn't on any drugs. His entire system was clean. And they're like, oh, he was just crazy. Or he was possessed. Maybe he was possessed. How does that sound? But we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about the reality that maybe some of these people aren't mentally challenged as much as they are possessed by a demon spirit. And so, like, I, I it gets me fired up. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, but and you mentioned about the sacrificing and things like that, and and even the children, like. Let's just take a few steps back here when we were talking about the kids and and the aspect of the Satanism. Like the reason why they do these things is because they believe they gain power from it. Whether it's youth, life longevity, or straight up power, they believe that the uh, the adrenaline rush that they give these kids uh, before they kill them will get into the blood, and when they eat the ch- when they drink their blood, they gain power from that. And I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds out of a, a movie. It's not real. This is crazy talk. I'm telling you. It's very real if you look into it. And there's also a reason why we see things and we say, hey, that looks that looks sideways. But, you know, the most of the world, they'll be like, oh, you're just reading into things. They put things out right in front of our faces on purpose. And it's because they believe they gain power from these things. I think there's a reason why Jeffrey Epstein's plane was called the Lolita Express. Did, did you ever hear about that classic novel called Lolita? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's things like that that may let me rewind i'll tell the audience in case they haven't so there's a classic novel called lolita where essentially a a middle-aged man woos like a 12 year old and and enters into a romantic relationship with her and now we have epstein calling his plane lolita express they put things out in the public because they believe that they gain power from telling you and that's their way of telling you without actually telling you and so it's just Mm -hmm. sick people man Sick people. Do you think I saw on uh, online? I think it was, you know, I think I was actually doing some YouTube stuff with you, and uh, I came across somebody talking about. I guess you put on blast, uh, Meg. I don't even know who this is. Meg the the Stallion. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess she's uh, a new rapper. rapper. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm getting old. I don't know. I, I haven't been keeping up on with the rappers <laughs> and stuff. I, but what, what's what's the deal there? What what, what happened? Uh, you know, she signed with um, Jay-Z to do her, Rock Nation to do her, I guess, managing and all that. And the thing with, with when I said, when you mess around with Freemasonry, and I told you about the, the two things they do is blood sacrifices and sexual perversion, there is, there is a, co- a strangely odd coincidence. When you, when you want to be in the entertainment industry and you want to be a person of influence and you want to hit that $20 million mark, these people sacrifice their relatives. These people sacrifice their loved ones. And I don't, I mean, I don't need to have proof. If you just look at before they become stars, somebody always dies in their family. So her mother, saying her mother was her manager, at the time her mother was her manager. Now, all of a sudden, her mother had a brain tumor and died. You just don't, you just don't have a brain tumor and die. You go through a series of going to the hospital. Something's wrong with you. You have headaches or something. You have symptoms. You don't go for managing a girl who's on the up on the uprise in a rap industry where you have to be you have to be on your toes. So all of a sudden you die right before you sign with another label or another management service and you take off from there. It does not happen that way. People like to think like, oh, she just 
it was her big break. It does not happen that way. The same thing happened to Kanye West. The same thing happened uh, to Rihanna's uh, Rihanna's cousin who got shot. And as I seen Kevin Durant, he had a close a friend who was a, a so-called uh, half-brother. He died before he went to the Brooklyn Nets. If you tie these people's sacrifices or the deaths in their family, you can point out who they are. And they always do it by the symbolism. As soon as she got signed, she was on BET doing the devil horns. And they wear this esoteric stupidness where if, they, if they're all in leopard, that means they're a sex kitten program, which means they're mind controlled, which means they don't belong to themselves. That MK Ultra stuff, that thing is so rampant right now. You can basically tell who, who's not on, you know, clicking it all on all cylinders. So that beef with me and her became because I saw what she did. Now, she signed with Jay-Z. Everybody knows Jay-Z's a Freemason. He has been caught pictured at a Freemason ceremony. Now, Freemasons, they believe in Luciferianism which means they believe man is God, Lucifer is God, for showing us the balance between good and evil. So if they believe in that, they also believe in the sacrifices that come with it. And the only way you can serve Satan is through sacrifice, blood and sexual perversion. So, you know, you, you put two and two together, and these people don't, aren't belong to God. They pretend like they, you know, they're, they're getting their lives together, they're, they're having success. success. God does not want us to be successful rappers or actors or Hollywood people. That is not what success is to, uh, to God. It's to serve him, being humble. And these people do the opposite of that. So if it ain't, it ain't, if it ain't sent by God, it's sent from the devil. And that's what that whole beef with her was all about. Yeah. It's essentially, you know, the goal at the end of your life, you know, as a Christian is you want God at the, when you face him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And and that means that you follow God's lead for your life. And some people, that lead takes them into a spotlight, and some people, it takes them away from a spotlight. Kirk Cameron, he's an old school, you know, he was a, he was a part of that TV show back in the, like the 80s and stuff. He became a Christian. Uh-huh. And he, since then, and I give him credit for that. I think sometimes he he's corny with the way he goes about, you know, saying some things. I mean, I, I agree with what he's saying, but the way it's presented. Anyways, um, he is out of the spotlight, but still in the spotlight, and he's using any kind of notoriety to his name for the glory of God. And that's what he's done ever since he you know, became a Christian. I think he's, him becoming a Christian he essentially canceled that show because he wasn't willing to do certain things, even for that show, which we know shows back in the 80s were much more tame than what we see today. So, I mean, it's just, and you mentioned about the MK Ultra. I mean, Bill Clinton came out in the 90s and apologized publicly for that program going on. It's not a conspiracy theory. That's real. It's factual. They did that. And so when you ha- when you hear interviews with people who were involved with MK Ultra uh, mind experiments, you got to take heed to it. And one of the things that I've noticed, because I've talked to people, I don't think... No, I don't think I've ever had anybody on the show yet that's been involved in MK Ultra, but I've talked to several people off air. And one thing is a very common thing is that MK Ultra tends to drive people crazy, literally. And it, it leaves the person in a situation where if they talk about it, everybody's asking what came first, MK Ultra, then the crazy or crazy, then MK Ultra. And so it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really hard for these people to talk about it publicly and people to take them serious because they, they, they literally, the stories are so intense and insane. And then on top of it, a lot of these people aren't very healthy mentally because of what they went through and you can't blame them. And, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's, it's a crazy world we're living in. And, um, it, let's, let's kind of bring it into the, the sports thing with the ent- entertainment, uh, side of stuff, um, 
we, we, we talked about these musicians and stuff, but these musicians are very known for doing these halftime Super Bowl shows. And everybody talks about, you know, well, I shouldn't say everybody, people in our industry talk about the Super Bowl and the conspiracy behind the halftime shows. Do you give any weight to that as somebody who is in the NFL, as far as the NFL getting behind the idea of uh, a satanic uh, symbol, uh, symbol uh, satanic symbolism in the Super Bowl? Uh, they've been doing this for, for, for years. And that's what that music industry is. It's just basically... The, now, because it's been in the, the basketball for so long, and basketball now is starting to exhibit signs of M- MK Ultra and some of the toes and some of its players and some of the key players, really. And when you see the NFL, it's starting to merge. It's like a, it's like a, a cloud that like you just see it drifting over into the NFL, and that's what you're going to see. The Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, that was a ritual. Regardless of people want to believe it or not, that was a ritual. They knew exactly what they were going to do, exactly why they did it, and then when you see now that, like I said again, Jay-Z, the Freemason, and what they believe in, now him signing with um, the NFL, that is what you're going to see. You're going to see now his artists. You're going to see those who already thrown up the devil horns and all the esoteric nonsense they have in their music videos. You're now going to see that prime time on the Super Bowl. And what's gonna, what you're going to see, you're going to see, let me, let me give you a cheat sheet of what you're going to see when you know Satanism is, Satanism is now in the NFL. You are going to see a unicorn. You're going to see everything is about love. You're going to get a lot of stars. You're going to get maybe a couple of lightning bolts, which is, describes the, the fall from the fall from Satan's fall from heaven. You're going to get all of those things. It's going to, it's going to look like a medieval techno show. And it's going to be all a ritual for Satan. That's all it's going to be about. And you just see those three elements. You're going to see unicorns. Everything is love. All one thing, like the one world government world we want to be in, that all one world worldness that they want, and that's what you, that's when you know that the Satan is about to show up in the NFL. Yeah, and you know, I I, ne- I never thought about that. I've heard briefly about Jay Z signing on with the NFL, and it never crossed my mind about what that impact is because he's so. Uh, entrenched in so much things with our culture and society that it it just, I just glossed over. I never, I I didn't even think about it, but you're absolutely right. And the things that you just listed, people who are skeptical would say, well, what's wrong with unicorns? I mean, this guy's talking about unicorns. This is just a mythical creature that, you know, people wear on their t-shirts when they feel a little, a little silly, but but that's the point though, right? The point is that they use symbolism that seems on the surface innocent until you actually know what it means. Just like the pedophile symbolism that the FBI has in their database. You can go to the FBI website, whatever that is, they have it in their database, the symbols that pedophiles use to let each other know what they're looking for. It's pizza, it's hot dogs, it's sauce, it's walnut. These are code words for children. And so like on the surface, it doesn't seem like anything, but when you actually know what they're talking about, it's everything. Exactly. And, and the thing is, if you look at now, if you look at commercials and even they want to do Saturday Night Live skits and they're always introducing pizza, that is what they're talking about. It goes over people's heads. They're talking about pedophilia and children that every time you see a pizza ad or something about pizza or even when you see your favorite TV show and it's always mentioning, let's go get some pizza. They think that's funny. They think to put those things in there is funny to them because you guys don't know what it means and they know what it means. They love to talk about pizza. They'll throw pizza in anything they can get their hands on and sort of make it funny because they're talking about abusing children. And the more they do that, all the the, the top elite pedophiles are laughing their butts off because they know exactly what they're talking about.
Yeah, and you know, it, it's even with the, the idea of the Pizzagate scandal, or not scandal, but the idea of Pizzagate, uh, they, they want that. They want people uh, ranting about Pizzagate because Pizzagate has become a thing where it's like when you say Pizzagate, it discredits you already, even though pizza mm-hmm. is one of the most uh, used symbols as to uh, 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 pedophile coding. Now that they have Pizzagate as a title of things, they, it automatically discredits you anytime you bring this up. And so whether Comet Ping Pong Pizza Parlor really was what the conspiracy is or not doesn't matter because the fact that the Pizzagate itself, hashtag Pizzagate, is real. Anytime you bring this up, it, it really discredits you from anything when it comes to just the general public. And that's what that's the whole thing here is that they, that they do things to, to discredit you on the surface so that there's no digging into things. They, they don't want well, you to dig well, that- well, let me let me let me give you a little homework for your for your your listeners out there. Go look at the sign at Comet Pizza. You'll see them in this in the four arrows. You'll see a moon, a crescent moon, and a star. Now go look at the Baphomet, which is what they represent. That transsexual goat. Look at that. Look at the Baphomet. You'll see the same star and crescent moon on the Baphomet. That should tell you already they connected. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I, in fact, as far as the sign goes, I can't picture it in my head. But if that's what's on the sign, it, it's again that symbolism, and and you have to give weight to the symbolism. Like you, you, you just do. They're not going to come out and say, "Hey, we're pedophiles." They tell you in symbol symbolic natures, and and so it, the more you learn about the symbolism, truly learn about it, not just, "Hey, let me hit up Twitter and see what you know the latest symbol is out there." Research it, look into it, find out what real symbols are. You'll know what you're looking for, and it'll stand out to you when you see it now. And so. There, I, I mean, we could go on and on about all this stuff. Uh, and, and we did talk about the sports and the halftime show, the Super Bowl, Beyonce, uh, her halftime show. Just I think if you didn't even know what to look for as far as symbol, sim, symbolism goes, if you just said to somebody, hey, watch this halftime show and you tell me if you think there's anything evil, not even satanic, just evil about it. I think most people would be like, mm-hmm. yeah, there just seemed like something off. And I think I saw her face transform. Is that did you see that? Yes, everybody saw that. Her face literally transformed during the performance. Like she literally gave herself to Sasha, which is the demon that she summons to be in her body, to possess her body during uh, um, performances. She transformed right in front of you. And it's okay. Because when you have, when you have uh, a satanic nature underlying everything that culture is about and everything that culture stands on, when it, when it peeks through the surface, it's okay. Because those that are in it will tell you it's okay. And most people will just follow along with it. And uh, I mean, we're talking about sports and athletes and stuff. I, I mentioned this on my show before, just a couple of weeks ago. And I'll tell everybody, you are the one, Larry, that brought this to my attention. I was scrolling through your Twitter feed and I saw a video of LeBron James. Now, you went to the, I think you were drafted in 2003, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're drafted in 2003. I graduated high school in 2000, 2003. So did LeBron James. LeBron James went to the pros in 2003. So you got you to gotta understand, as somebody who I was huge into basketball, I coached, it's not huge, but I did coach on the college level, division three. It's you know pretty much a good high school team. But anyways, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I love the sport. Absolutely love it. And so- when I graduate high school and there's this kid my age 
that they're saying is the next LeBron James, I'm instantly a fan. In my entire mm-hmm. adult life, I've supported him. LeBron James isn't clutch. LeBron James, I fought everybody on it. When I saw <laughs> when I saw that video, right away, disavowed. I publicly disavowed him on Instagram Live. I said it on my show, and I'll say it again. I do not support that man whatsoever. Larry, I'm going to send you a picture that I found uh, shortly after I saw that video. And, and honestly, if you didn't post that video... I wouldn't have noticed what I saw in this picture. It's a picture of LeBron James Jr. I saw it on Instagram. And he just got Mm -hmm. done shooting a shot and you see him getting ready to run down the court. Dwayne Wade is courtside yelling, you know, yeah, you know, and he's wearing a jumpsuit. The hoodie he's wearing, I zoomed in and it's a circle of Bronny's teammates names in a circle. Inside that circle is another circle. It's a DNA strand that's connected into a circle and the center of both those circles is goat horns and it's not the goat horns where it's the two fingers it's the three fingers with your thumb sticking out and many people say oh well that's the i love you sign in sign language well first of all how does that make any sense on a hoodie for for high school kids (laughs) you know like yo we're, we're 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 dudes we're all about that life we're hooping and we love you no, no, no. So, so that, that doesn't make sense. But when you look at the sign language sign, I love you, Helen Keller created that sign. It's an American sign. It's like you're speaking English in sign. Helen Keller created that sign. Helen Keller was an occultist and a theosophist. She stole that. that she, th- she stole that sign. So everybody's flashing I love you and they're really flashing the goat horns. <laughs> they know they flashing the goat horns. Come on, how many, <laughs> how many people don't even never met a, a a deaf or mute person in their life? All of a sudden, oh, it's I love you. How, how many, <laughs> what are you doing in the pictures for then? Do you think all your audience and your followers are all mute and deaf? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, you know, but there's a lot of people out there that are defenders and they don't want to see the truth for what it is. And they'll just say, oh, it's I love you. Come on. Really? And so when I saw that, I'm going to send those pictures to you so you see what I'm talking about. But uh, when I saw that, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Everything just started aligning in my mind as far as LeBron James goes. And I don't know how I followed this guy for so long and didn't notice this stuff. Because now that you posted that video, I see it everywhere. I'm just like, what the heck? But then I started looking into it, and a lot of these players are flashing like the Illuminati sign, Kobe, uh, Chris Paul. Uh, a lot of these players are posting you know, the diamond with their hands. And so like, part of me is like, all right, do they really know what's going on here? Because I, like, for instance, you did that in your career, but you didn't know what you were doing. You were part of Rock Nation, which I guess we should have covered earlier and stuff. Uh, you, you actually kind of did something I want to commend you for in the beginning here. You did it like a disclaimer in the beginning. You mentioned about your arrest record, and I think that's a really good thing for you to do because people like to dig on people and try to find dirt on people and say, well, this person's not credible because of this. But when you come out right away and say, yes, this who I, this is who I was, but I'm a changed man now, that speaks a lot to your character. And so with, with this, I question, I'm like, how many of these guys actually know what they're doing and how many of them don't? Now, when I see a mature Kobe Bryant, like Chris Paul did it when he was young. I can see it in the picture. He's a young kid. But you have a Kobe Bryant who is a mature guy. He's in his 30s when I, when I saw this picture of him doing it. He's been around long enough to know. And then you see who he, pl- he played for, the Lakers. LeBron's at the Lakers. And they're, they're, they're real tight. So like, I, I think Kobe might know. And it, it hurts me because Kobe's from Philly. But, but uh, can you speak to that at all as far as 
do you do you think that all these guys are malicious or do you think some of them just do it because they see other people do it just like like you did i mean you were part of rock nation you had no idea what you were throwing up and when you did you stopped yeah it's, it's all comes to an understanding and what you were doing like me i'm doing it thinking it was for something else but it was a whole bigger picture other than that now the guys who are who are now still doing it in the nba they know exactly what they're doing because if they're the elitist of the elite they are getting courted by secret societies see now it, people have to understand once you understand who the devil is and his his necessary need to be like god so he needs worship and he don't care how he get it long as it's going to him he doesn't not he does not care so if you can touch the elite and all the NBA players to get you to do, get them to do it, now the fans of those players are going to do it also and don't think nothing wrong with it. Just like I did, I did it because I, you know, I was part of it. Now when these fans think they're a part of the team, they're going to do it because their favorite player is doing it. it. That worship is like a pyramid scheme; it just keeps going up and up and up. So those guys know exactly what they're doing because to be, it's like most guys want to be you know, on TV all the time. They want their name mentioned all the time. So you look at LeBron James, you look at uh, Draymond Green, those guys got commercials. You know, those guys are all, even when it's off season, those guys are getting mentioned for stupid stuff, like all charity or, or, you know, just, you know, driving around in a car. These guys get mentioned and it's a reason why they get mentioned because they have signed those deals to where if they want to be worshipped, they have to go around showing devil horns. They overly do it because they know it's going to get them on media. It's going to get them on TV. It's going to get them talked about on Twitter. It's going to get them trending. Everything that everything on this earth, the devil pretty much owns. He owns all of the air, which he owns the Wi-Fi, which is all the social media is geared to selfishness. It's geared for vanity, and it's all who the devil is. So he is going to have people in that realm to make sure you always worship him by doing that, by throwing up the peace sign, which is just really the broken cross, by doing devil horns, you know, and it's and it's two different ways you do it. You do it with the thumb in, you do it with the thumb out. It's both the one means to curse you, and one means you know saying hello in their language or whatever. And people think that oh, it's just trying to cover it up. But no, that's how people know they are under demonic mind control and brainwashed because no one was doing this five or ten years ago. Now everybody's doing it like it's a trend. It is it's really weird that to see people this brainwashed to it. Yeah, and when you see these things and not even just in the sports industry but basically entertainment industry, you see the symbolism and on the surface again, when you see just one person do it, you're like, "Oh, it's an artistic photo that they did for a cover of some magazine." But when you compile it and you watch some of these YouTube videos, you watch you go online, you look at some of the Google images of these people holding up like the 666 sign with their hand and and you know, people you know, say, oh, well, that's the okay sign. Like, okay, no, <laughs> it's not. It's the 666. And Satanists do it all the time. And you see them holding it up to their eye uh, all the time, all the time. It's right in your face. And if you're not looking for it, you're you're just going to gloss right over it. And it's like, it's, it's, now go ahead. It's, it's funny because every time they shoot, it's like, they, that's why they, they want to shoot the threes. So they can mask it behind shooting the three. They always do the shoot the three. Then they have to put their eye, their hand up by the eye and put the three fingers up as if that's, I made the three. Like how many times are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I, uh, I, and I noticed that and that was, became something real popular, probably what, um, going on 10 years now, because I think I was, <laughs> I, I was like, I was probably in my mid twenties when, you know, I'm playing ball and stuff and dudes on my court are doing that. And I was doing it. 
because I saw the NBA, NBA players do it. I wasn't looking into this stuff 10 years ago. I was aware of a little bit of it and stuff, but I didn't look into it like I do now. You know, and, and you know, it's funny how everything changes. You mentioned it earlier how everything changes when you have a kid. Your whole focus on life changes. And that's what happened with me. I mean, three years or two years ago, I had my son and uh, it just, it makes you more sensitive to how the world is because your child is going to have to live in that. And and so all yep. of a sudden you start looking into things and you're like, how can I expose some of this stuff? And, uh, you know, before I forget to tell you, uh, you always have a welcome open door to this show if you ever want to talk about stuff, because I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's just you know it's refreshing to talk to somebody who um, does have a, a platform publicly and isn't afraid to talk about the things that they're talking about. I think you got somebody like let, let, let me ask you about this. And I just thought of it. What are your thoughts on the whole Kyrie Irving situation? Because Kyrie Irving is you know supposedly a conspiracy theorist that he believes the Earth is flat, and he's best buds with K- KD. Do you think that he's just trolling people when it comes to the Earth is flat thing? Do you think he actually believes it? Do you think that he looks into conspiracy theories? He's part of that. He's part of that. So what do they do? They use. Certain agents in there, and let's see, they know this information is getting out. So if they can use one of their puppets to tell you this is what this is, they'll tell you the truth. So they'll get you to gravitate to them more and to fall for whatever else is coming behind that. See, see, people, regular people like me and you are waking up to certain things. So we are going around telling the truth. Now this is what they're doing to stay ahead of what we're doing. You use your, your, your puppets who's the most believable, the most, the most believable, and you tell them to say certain things to put that out there so you can either discredit the information altogether, which is probably the truth, or gravitate to them and make them listen to them more and welcome them into our movement so when they take us down this, this Antichrist road, we are following them based on, oh, he's one of us. Let's just keep following him. This is what this is the deception that they're doing. I don't believe anything that ever. I, I believe in finding out my own truth and not listening to any NBA player, NFL player, celebrity, politician. I dig and find out the truth on my own, and that yes. is what's going to save people. I think people are too busy wanting to hear their favorite athlete, actor, politician, whatever say something so they can gravitate to it, and you don't know how they're winding you down this road. You're absolutely right, man. I mean, uh, I, I say it all the time. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm on team Tony. I'm on nobody's team. I'm on my team. I look at things Mm -hmm. and I make my own decision. I unplugged from the mainstream media years ago. And my life's been great since I did that because I actually learned how to think on my own. And here's a little test. And I've said this before on the show. I'll say it again. A little test you can do if you're somebody that follows the mainstream media and you have a feeling that you might be uh, being manipulated. Stop. Just turn off the mainstream media. Give yourself six months, three months. Let's just do three months. Give yourself three months of breathing space mentally where you don't watch any mainstream media. Then turn it back on after three months and you tell me if you're still thinking the same way they think on TV or not. Because I guarantee you're going to start thinking differently than you once did. And you're not even going to know it until you turn on the programming again and they're trying to program you. You're like, wait a second, I don't necessarily agree with that anymore. What changed? Oh, I turned off the programming. There's a reason why they call it programming. This is the nightly program, the news, the nightly programming. They're programming our minds to think a certain way. Left, right, it doesn't matter. They're all on the same team, and I'm not on that team. I'm on my team. You know? mm-hmm. So w- what do you think about the whole Kanye West thing? I heard you talk about it and stuff, and I think I, I, th- I heard you sound off about it, and I agree with you. Uh, 
but I, I want to hear because I, I want to have a conversation about it is what I want to do because I, I think we might disagree on some things but let's just talk about it uh, what are your thoughts on Kanye it's like I said before I think Christianity has been watered down to the point where you accept anybody saying I follow Jesus now if you look at his I understand once you have a past you have a past I have a past I have a past but you have to start showing fruits of that you're separating yourself from that past. And the things you did as far as blaspheming, saying you sold your soul to the devil, it was, it was a cheap meal, saying these things, you, you do Jesus, you bring up a counterfeit Jesus at your, at your concert, you, 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 you blaspheme that way, you wear the horns, the, the crown of thorns on your Rolling Stone cover, you blaspheme that way, you have not yet came out and disowned that. You have not rebuked it. You have not renounced that. Second, you cannot be married. If you're a full-blooded Christian, you devote yourself to God, there's no way in the world you can stay married to Kim Kardashian. Now, I get it. Marriage is a a godly covenant, but she admitted to doing blood facials. She has admitted to eating placenta. She has admitted to being a witch. Her mother, her own mother, has her house decked out in Masonic symbolism. That black and white checkerboard is a Masonic symbolism. That is the black and white esoteric good with the evil. Everything they do, you cannot touch the devil's things. You can't be on the altar. You can't be at the concert. You can't do fake baptisms. You cannot do these things and worship and say Jesus is king. Now, third, you can do this if your Jesus is the Jesus of Rome. If you're, you're Jesus Christ of Rome, who they say has been born on December 25th, that's not, that was never Christ's birthday. That is Mithras, Bacchus, uh, Saturnalia. You, you're talking about Greek gods who are all born on December 25th. Krishna. I mean, you can look this up. You can see how many deities and, yeah. and, and great gods are born on December 25th. Now, if he's talking about that God because he's doing the bidding of the Roman Vatican of this one world religion, then I can say, go ahead, you can have it. But I know the difference between what he's doing and what the world gospel is supposed to be. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I, I hear you. And I said, right when this happened and stuff, and I started talking to people about it, I said, here's what's going to happen. Two things is going to either happen. Either Kim Kardashian is going to follow the leader of her husband and submit her life to Christ, or they're going to get divorced. There's no way that they're going to remain married as is. Even on the TV show, he's telling her, because uh, I guess they're, I guess they're still on the TV show. I heard about this. I didn't watch it. Uh, but he told her, he's like, I want you to start dressing more modestly and stuff. I don't want you showing so much skin. And she's like, I don't understand why... I can't dress like this. A year ago, you wanted me to dress like this. A year ago, this was expected. And now you're telling me I can't. And so I I heard about that. I saw the tension there. And I'm like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. Either the the miracle that happens as when you become a Christian, because I believe that when you become a Christian, it's a pure miracle. Like it literally, you're literally going against the nature that you're made of. Like we're naturally sinners. We naturally, uh, I'm not saying if you're a sinner that you look to do bad, but you, but any, like, I don't want to get into deep theology conversation. I'll just say, I'll just say that she's either going to look to turn to Christ or she's going to 
they're going to split. Um, I, I think that when it comes to the things that he has done in the past, I do think that he needs to publicly come out and talk about that. Uh, I don't think it's a necessary thing personally. Now, if you disagree, I, I want to hear your thoughts. This is a very open format. It's just talking. It's something that we don't have in today's world and society is people who have conversations, even though they don't disagree with each other. Um, yeah, I, I think that, um, I think privately the, 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 the salvation is when you confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in the, in your heart. So like, I, I think a lot of times people, they, they hear, they, they hear this idea of becoming a Christian and they're like, oh yeah, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus. Yeah. It's easy to say it with your mouth, but has it transformed your heart? Do you believe it in your heart? My entire life, I was raised in a Christian home and I said it with my mouth. I went to Bible college to study to be a pastor, and I don't believe I was truly a Christian in Bible college because I experienced a heart transformation in my mid-20s that I never felt before in my entire life. And I can truly say today that I am a Christian, right? Uh, and so I, I think that um, that is a private moment between you and God. But I think as somebody like Kanye, I do think it would be very beneficial for him personally, but also all the people out there that know him, either follow his music or whatever, for him to publicly disavow that stuff. I do worry that he's surrounding himself with the wrong people, like Joel Osteen. He's down at Joel Osteen's church doing his thing and stuff. And I heard somebody during um, a, a broadcast talking about Kanye, and they said that, and this is somebody that I actually really respected you know, on their viewpoints theologically. Um, they, they're like, he's surrounding himself with good people, good discipleship. And then I see him down there. I'm like, okay, so what, what's what's going on here? Uh, and so I, I do have my, my questions on that. But basically, for me, if somebody is claiming Christ, you're going to see the fruit of their salvation, right? And I think it, yeah. I think time is going to tell whether he's sincere or not. And if he is sincere in the moment, then I just prayerfully pray that he surrounds himself with the right people so he stays on track because it's very easy to get distracted. And somebody on his level, it, 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 like like he has a target on his back. You know what I mean? Like he's now he now put himself in a game, and and there, there's there's going to be people you know having a target out for him. And um, so I, I I don't know. I mean. It's. I guess it's not really the way I view it. Is it's not really up to me to, um, you know, say whether somebody's a Christian or not. But the the fruit of their salvation will determine that. And I think I think we're too early into the process to uh, to know that. Well, I think you look at you look at where the money go comes from. Now, mind you, if he to 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 disconnect from a world that is overrun by Satanism or Hollywood Satanism is what he calls it, his the label that he's on, the streaming service that he uses, is Jay Z and Beyonce streaming service. Really, still? So are you, so yeah. So it's, oh. if everything you have to see is from title, so you're basically making the devil rich by talking about Jesus, which is not even Jesus that we are talking about. It's a watered down version of that. You cannot get ahead in this world, and knowing the devil loves to boast, he cannot stand. Using God, if you don't look at what's going on in TV shows and all that, they mock God and mock Jesus all the time. Why would Jay, all of a sudden Kanye West get a pass to be able to preach gospel music and still have his platform? It would, he would end up like Kirk Cameron. He would end up being blackballed. 
and not being only time being brought out is to be laughed at. And that's what they do to Kirk Cam. They laugh at him because he's a corny Christian. That is what it takes. He would have to give up everything. You give up money. You don't get richer. He went from having been in $53 million debt to all of a sudden now you're talking about Jesus, you make, Jesus makes you richer. That's basically prosperity gospel, which is not real gospel. That's what he's basically showing you. He's showing you everything is gospel. You can't get rich talking about Jesus and God in the devil's platform. It does not happen that way unless the devil has a, 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 a tainted, a, has tainted it to where people can't tell the difference. And then that is what they're doing is setting everybody up for the Antichrist. Kanye should know his own heritage based on the Bible and the curses of Deuteronomy, which he does not. So that I know that he's not talking about the real Jesus. And like I said, he's on title. So he's basically making Jay-Z rich, talking about things that Luciferians hate. They do not like, it, they, it, Albert Pike talks about this. They do not like Jesus. They hate using the name. They even hate the name being brought up. So you look at everything, all the TV shows uh, that talk, that use God in a, in a very defamatory way. There's no way in the world Kanye's the, the golden child that's allowed to, to talk about God. It's just, there's no way. And to make that play of Nebuchadnezzar, and it was really weird because everybody else said it was weird. Now he's doing Mary. What are you that's talking a, about? That, isn't that an odd uh, the, he did an uh, opera called Nebuchadnezzar. Really? I which didn't know is that. About, yeah, which is about the, the king of Babylon. And it's supposedly he's supposed to tell, like, oh, he's telling about the salvation that the king of Babylon did. I said, yeah. But also, the king of Babylon took the Israelites into captivity. Then he, was, then he renamed three of the prophets and Daniel uh, to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They were, that wasn't their real name try to kill him by throwing him into a furnace. You know the story. And God saved him from the furnace. The king of Babylon knew that God existed. And then God made him go crazy and eating grass like an ox for five years. And then, but that's not what he was telling. He's telling a different story. He's trying to tell you the king of Babylon and the golden statue to himself, which is idolatry. That's all he focused on. That's all he focused on in the whole book of Daniel was that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. And, and as you were talking there, uh, and this, is, this comes from being honest with yourself and your thoughts. I remember listening to that album. Now, I did buy the, the Kanye album uh, because I don't like streaming music for free. I just got a thing for it. I used to be a little bit in the music industry a little bit, and I just pet peeve. But one of the lyrics that he says on one of the songs, I can't remember, but it was, ref- and I can't remember the lyric exactly, but it was basically him saying like, um, the term YOLO, like you only live once. He's like, go ahead and spend your money, get yours. Uh, life is short kind of thing. Like the entire album seemed very solid until that one line. And it's the only one that stuck out to me that maybe turned my head sideways because I know for a fact that he says, and other people have said that he sought counseling on the lyrics of his album to make sure that they were biblical. So if he's saying such things after counseling, then those who are counseling him are not biblical. So, <laughs> right? And so like when he's when he's talking about see, he's basically talking about seeking riches and living your life you only get one life and that's that's not humility, that's not meekness, that's not what 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 is taught in the Bible. Uh, I don't believe that the Bible's taught it teaches that you you can't be rich, but the idea is the love of money. Right? Everybody says yeah. money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's idolatry. 
pledging your allegiance to something other than God. And um, see, it, Larry, people email me and they accuse me on my show sometimes of getting too preachy. Well, this is probably the most <laughs> preachy I've ever gotten on my show. So people, you think I was preaching before. This is, <laughs> you're hearing it now. And so I always, I always laugh at those emails because I laugh because I'm like, that's not preachy. If you want to hear preachy, I can give you preachy. <laughs> but uh, speaking of preaching and stuff, um, let's turn. The, actually, you know what? Let me ask you one more question. And I'm going to uh, kind of wrap things up with the final question. Um, okay. What are your thoughts on different types? Now, we've talked a lot about the satanic underlyings of culture and society. I think those things mm. infiltrate a lot of different categories, a lot of different uh, things outside of just, hey, everything's Satan. Like, I think it, it, it permeates into a lot of things. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of these conspiracies? Let's, let's, let's just talk about the probably the most uh, prevalent one outside of Epstein now that we, we know, which is the 9-11 stuff. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, have you thought about it? Uh, do you think that 9-11 was as legit as they say it was as far as the storyline goes? No, it was never legit to me. I mean, it's three things didn't really make sense to me, which has already told me something was wrong with it. One, I didn't even know with George Bush, they got a younger brother. They got an other brother. He was a security, head of security for 9-11, yeah. which is odd to me. Another one was... Um, the other one was they of all the crap the, the two planes burst into flames, brought down a whole building. Yet they found a passport for one of the hijackers, completely out of the rubble and easily found intact, with not with no damage. That didn't make sense. The World Trade Seven that was next to it that went through some weird dem dem demolition thing. They brought that down in a matter of seconds next to the Twin Towers. So it, that didn't make sense. And I've seen videos of the, of guys showing up to the guy who owned it and he had supposed to be at a dinner meeting at one of the world trade centers and didn't go his daughter who works in world trade seven was also told not to show up for work. So and on, the, on those days, so that to me showed there was something else that was going on between for that, that, that made me know that it wasn't real. Yeah. And so I look at this stuff and, you know, I'm saying, I like there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, I don't think the planes hit the towers. It was some kind of hologram. I don't go down that road. Um, I mean, technology wise, maybe it's possible, but I just don't think, <laughs> I don't think that that's the way it went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. But, it's it's kind of hard to, yeah, to do back then. But I, I do question, I do question the legitimacy of the Pentagon, what happened there and Flight 93 in Pennsylvania. Now, like I have established on the show, I'm in PA. I'm outside of Philadelphia. I'm not far from Shanksville where that, that flight went down. I'm probably like maybe two hours away from there. And I've seen pictures. I'm yet to see a real plane wreck in Pennsylvania. So like I see, you look up plane wrecks online and stuff. You see the, the plane, it wrecked. Like mm -hmm. I don't see a plane you see some stuff that happened somewhere, but to say it was a plane, I, I, there, there's nothing. And the same thing with the Pentagon. You had that one video that they say was the plane going into the Pentagon, and it's a security camera. It's just real fast. But when you freeze frame it and you catch the object on the screen, 
it does not look like a passenger plane, man. It, it looks like maybe it's the size of a Cadillac, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like, I, I just, I look at that stuff and I'm just like, hmm. And uh, and then you talk about the uh, the symbolism and like this, like what I said earlier about the Satanism stuff. They do things. It, it, things are rituals for them. They they do things right in your face to uh, tell you what they're doing without actually telling you anything. And uh, did did you ever hear? of um the what those kids in that class bush was in that classroom and he is uh listening to kids talk and and teach and learn the teacher is teaching the kids how to read have you ever heard what those words were that they were learning how to read that day it was something about plane crash, something weird like that. I, I can't yeah. remember, but I said it was something weird like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh it was uh five words and the first one uh, is kite. I don't know what the significance of kite is. It might be some kind of symbolism or maybe even a trigger word where when you say kite, there are people who are programmed that kind of go, enter into maybe a, like a trans type of thing. But the four mm-hmm. following words is in this order, hit, H-I-T, steel, mm-hmm. S-T-E-E-L, plane, P-L-A-N-E, and must, M-U-S-T. So it's kite, mm-hmm. hit, steel, plane, must. And they said it in a way that was very chanting. And they say that this, these kids were learning how to read on a new method and they're showing the president of the United States. There's video of this. And I'm actually going to play the audio right here so that the audience can hear it. But there, mm-hmm. there is um, there's video along with this where when they say kite, the president's face looks like he went into a trance. His demeanor changes. And the following four words, when they say it, he, it was look like he was staring off into space, just kind of like salivating over the words. And right when they were done with the last word must, a gentleman walks over to president and notifies him that the planes were hit. And so it, it's just things like that. It's like really the coincidence there. And then you have the uh, Bush uh, what was it like a couple months later, he said that I remember when I saw the plane go into the first tower, it's like, well, no, nobody did. <laughs> we didn't know it was happening. <laughs> right. President. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so I, I actually did a show with a woman named Susan Lindauer and she's, um, uh, uh, ex-CIA, but she worked within the CIA and she was uh, a liaison between, I think it was our government and the Iraqi government, or I think it was Iraqi government. I can't remember now, but um, she says on the show, she's like, we knew about 9-11 before it happened. The the summer leading up to 9-11, we knew it was going to happen and we did nothing. Mm. And so um, it's just crazy stuff. I'm going to play this audio real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Get ready to read all these words on this page without making a mistake. Look at the letter at the end and remember the sound it makes. Get ready. Kite. Yes, kite. Get ready to read this word the fast way. Get ready. Kate. Yes, kate. Sound it out. Get ready. Kate. Sound it out. Get ready. Kate. What word? Kate. Yes, kit. Boys and girls, sound this word out. Get ready. Steel. What word? Steel. Yes, steel. Read these words the fast way. Get ready. Play. Yes, play. Get ready. Must. Yes, must. Let's read these words the fast way without making a mistake. Get ready. Kite. Yes, kite. Get ready. Kit. Yes, kit. Get ready. Steal. Yes, steal. Get ready. Play. Yes, playing. Get ready. Must. Yes, must. Go to go speak your reader up from under your seat. Open your book up to lesson. So, yeah. I, I mean, that audio, it, it chills me when I hear it because it, it especially at the end when they repeat the words, it sounds like a chant and it's everything that mm-hmm. it has to do with 9-11. It's chilling. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's kind of like the like the Captain America Winter Soldier thing, right? Uh, all right. So, little confession time on the confessionals. You're talking to a guy who really doesn't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> I have no idea what uh, you're talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every, you don't know this the audience know this because when people say have you ever seen i'm like no <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the most uncultured people you're ever gonna meet like i i talk about what i talk about outside of that i don't freaking know so <laughs> i'm about i'm about conspiracies the bible and my family that's about it so <laughs> but uh Anyways, man, um, I do appreciate you coming on and I kind of want to wrap things up here uh, in a second, but um, I, I want to give you an opportunity to speak on this because I know you spoke about it before and I know that this is something that people might use as a weapon against you to discredit the things that you say nowadays. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that CTE uh, being a player in the reason why you think the way you think today? Uh, that has nothing really to do with it. I mean, I get short-term memory loss. Uh, I get antsy, anxious. I, that was like the early onset signs of CTE. I don't have confusion. I, 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 I like people get have a misconception of what CTE actually affects. It affects the frontal cortex of your brain, which has a lot to do with emotion. And it has a lot to do with like, in your, like short-term memory loss. Those are the parts of the brain that are affected. I'm not dumber because of CTE. You know what I'm saying? I turn my life over to God and ask God for wisdom, wisdom, uh, understanding. And when I was pulled out of this world, I saw things differently. Now, mind you, I was a running back by trade, which means my vision and my intuition is very, very good. You add that with some really good discernment, I can show you and tell you a whole bunch of different things that I can see. But as far as when I'm not you know, on Twitter or nothing like that, I go through my anxious and my anxiety spells, you know, here and there, but that's just the answer. I'm still 40. I'm still, you know, primarily young. They don't find it in guys until like, you know, maybe 50 and 60 years, you know, when they're 50, 60 years old. So as far as, you know, my intelligence and my spiritual growth, that has nothing to do with, I mean, you're not getting me to, you know, to talk about trigonometry and math. Like I, I'm horrible at math. You can't get <laughs> yeah. me to do anything scholastic, but you get me to do something spiritually. I can discern it on a level that most people can't discern from. Yeah, I, I totally get it, man. And uh, I, I just, I've, I know I've heard in some interviews, not interviews, but people talking, because I, I listened to, uh, I think it was an ESPN broadcast radio, and uh, they were talking about some of the things you were you were saying, and one of the guys mentioned about CTE, and I was like, well, that's a convenient thing to say to discredit somebody, you know, just throw it out, oh, it's a medical situation, he's been hit in the head one too many times, and it's just like, Let's 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 be real here. Uh, you're trying to cover up the fact that he's spitting truth. And so uh, final question is actually more of could you please uh, share with the audience the transformation of your life here? So uh, you went into the NFL, you lived a certain lifestyle, but you don't live that lifestyle now. In fact, you're the complete opposite. What was the process like for you to go from somebody who was living for yourself, uh, partying and doing those things to now you're, you're uh, very, very spiritual. You, you're, you're a Christian. I'm assuming we haven't, I, I haven't had you say that, but I'm assuming you're a Christian, uh, but you b believe in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Uh, and how did that whole process work for you when it comes to awakening to the idea of the satanic under lying of our culture and society uh i i kind of like you know god has a funny way of bringing them bringing you back to 
to him by making you humble. Now, if you don't humble yourself, God is going to humble you on a grander stage. <clears throat> so I know I was getting turned down from, from, I wanted to start working again uh, to provide for my family. You know, obviously I did okay with money, but I wasn't the greatest at budgeting money. So I, w- I was trying to find work and I was even trying to, I was even willing to, you know, put boxes up inside of a storeroom. I couldn't get a job doing that. Uh, I've kind of fell on hard times being depressed. So I, I end up in a three piece suit selling boosted makeup, a boosted women's makeup on, in, a, in hot 90 degree weather in summertime in Miami beach, trying to make ends meet. I couldn't make that work. So I literally, you know, was going through my, my thing and I actually fell on my knees, said, please help me. I can't do this without you. Uh, show me the way I, I surrender. And ever since then, I had gotten my disability payments. So I'm on disability. So that's pretty much why people try to use CTE or whatever against me, or they're trying to make me out to be a bigot or a homophobe. They're trying to get me fired, but I'm, I'm already retired. You can't fire me from disability. I get that <laughs> for the rest of my life. So I live really, really good off my disability, and I'm able to spend more time with my daughter. And I have been able to you know, read the Bible a lot more than I ever read it in my life. These last nine months, have literally been like I've literally slingshotted myself into spirituality by being completely humbled and get letting go all of that ego, all of that worldly stuff that I was really into. Like I was really into my name being mentioned, my trophies, my awards. I sold some of my college awards. I gave them away. I got their probably in auction on Twitter as we speak. I thrown stuff away. I burned up my Pro Bowl jersey as a sacrifice to to God showing him that I no longer need this life, this worldly life. So since then I've gotten rid of all of that ego to where I see this world for what it is and the satanic underlining of everything to where I discern it because I'm piecing together and observing everybody's moves. Some people can only see things from one perspective. I'm looking at everything certain somebody else does. It's always adding up in the same column as the satanic things. I'm looking at what Shaquille O'Neal does and what Dwayne Wade is about to do. I look at what Magic Johnson did with his son. I'm looking at what Dwayne Wade's doing with his son. I'm looking at Jay-Z and what he's doing with other artists. I'm seeing these same repetitive symbolism. To part where I'm sick of seeing it now. But this is what I do from, from the last nine months. This is all I devoted my time to is getting other people to awaken to what's going on. I'm not going to be able to stop it, but I'm going to get you to pull back so you don't get yourself caught in internal damnation. Wow. I I can't agree with you more. I'm glad that you said what you said. And I'm glad that you're on a different life path. And I think you have, I, I think life is long. And I think that your life is literally just beginning now. Because you've now taken the handcuffs off that you lived with most of your adult life. And so uh, I think it's an exciting time for you. And I think that uh, possibilities are, are limitless as long as you're doing things in line with what God wants you to do. And so, uh, Larry, man, I appreciate being on the show. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, email, water coolers, mail pigeons. I don't care where you share the show. Just share the show if you loved it so that other people can love it too. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Billy.
Exactly, the pain is the amount cleaning you out and my satisfactory Today I'm thinking about the things that are deadly The way I'm drinking you down like I wanna drown, like I wanna end me Step on the glass, step with your tongue Bury your friend, try to wake up Cannibal clash, killing the sun Bury your friend, I wanna end me Exactly, the pain is the amount cleaning you out and my satisfactory Today I'm thinking about things that are deadly The way I'm drinking you down like I wanna drown, like I wanna end me Step on the glass, staple your tongue Bury a friend, try to wake up Cannibal class, killing the sun Bury a friend Connected. I'll meet you in the park I'll be calm and collected But we knew I'm gonna start But you fall apart cause I'm too expensive You type of be something that shouldn't be you at all Honestly I thought that I would be you at all Calling security, keeping my head held 